Let's give the Lord a hand, amen. How many enjoyed the services last night? Amen. 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 Let's give the Lord one more hand. Amen. Amen. We're going to jump right in and have a good time this evening. Amen. Amen. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Say, I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. I'm a friend of God. Say, I am a friend of 
Amen, amen. Can you turn these on for me, brother? Amen. Let's sing a little bit of Everybody Will Be Happy Over There. Amen. Amen. Let's start off with the chorus. Amen. Everybody will be happy. Will be happy over there. Say. you turn and greet your neighbor really quick and just say God bless you amen at Calvary amen 
Years I spent in vanity and pride Caring not my Lord was crucified No setting up. Amen. Amen. Come on. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hi. 
Praise the Lord. Two or three are gathered. I was going to say I could count, but anyhow. If you have a request upon your heart this evening, closer walk with him. Amen. Now, I'm here to collect the offering. So when I'm done, I'm going to walk around and collect the offering. So you know what I'm doing. You don't get caught by surprise. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I love you. Lord, their mercy was free. Here tonight, Father, as we gather in your name, mercy is free. Father, we pray that you open our hearts, regardless of the state of the walk with you. Touch our hearts this evening. Heal the sick. Lord, as we were taught last night and as your word teaches, when the word goes forth, the devil has to flee. So, Father, we come here to battle in a warfare. As your children, equipped with a full armor, to battle the devil this evening. Lord, we love you, we praise you. I pray that you bless the cheerful giver, the tithes and the offerings, Father. In each request of each heart, Lord, as I stand here, I lift them up to you in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would work upon them, Father. Comfort the hearts today. What a precious time that we have, Lord. I thank you for your grace and mercy. Bless your people now, in Jesus' name, amen. cannot touch the hem of his garment but I believe my Lord is near me just the same I cannot feel his arms around me but I believe with all of my heart in his I cannot touch the hem of his garment. I cannot touch the crucified hands of Calvary. I cannot hear the sound of his footsteps. Yet I believe with all of my heart he walks. With me. 
I can hear his voice in its fullness. That's why I believe Jesus is here and answers prayer. I can see him in his likeness. That's why I believe with all of my heart I'm in. I cannot touch him of his garment. I cannot touch the crucified hands of Calvary. I cannot hear the sound of his footsteps. Yet I believe with all of my heart he walks with me. Yet I believe all of my heart you all Every anxious thought that steals my breath It's a heavy weight upon my chest As I lie awake and wonder what the future will hold Help me to remember that you're in control You're my courage when I worry in the dead of night 
strength cause I'm not strong enough to win this fight You are greater than the battle raging in my mind I will trust you Lord, I will fear no more I will lift my eyes, I will lift my cares Lay them in your hands and leave them there When the wind and waves are coming, you shelter me Even though I'm in the storm, the storm is not in me You're my courage when I worry Amen. God bless y'all. Thank you, Brother Joe.
Are you disappointed? Are you desperate for help? You know what it's like to be tired and only a shell of yourself. You start to believe you don't have what it takes. Cause it's all you can do just to move Much less finish the race But don't forget What lies ahead Almost home Brother, it won't be long Soon all your in us it's not if but when so take joy in the journey even when it feels long oh find strength in each step knowing heaven is cheering you
How many happy we almost home, amen? Amen, amen. We got Brother Stephen Short, amen. If he come, amen, come on, my brother. And then right after that, we're going to have one of my favorites, Brother Steve and Sister Emily also. Right after that, amen. Let's give Brother Steve a hand, amen. Mystery reaches further to the soul. Have some fun. Forget about tomorrow. Live today. Her music and her fashion, her Hollywood and passion, stimulates the flesh just like wine and all the while she pulls us all away from everything divine but I have heard a voice calling me out of Babylon to a higher place there's a mountain I can live upon I have made my choice Jesus is my joy and liberty Babylon will never never have its hold on me Mystery reaches further to the soul. Put religion on, but never let the spirit have control. She stands against revival, the truth within the Bible, binding hungry hearts with chains of fear. And somehow makes confusion of the word God has made so clear. But I have heard a voice calling me out of Babylon to a higher place. There's a mountain I can live upon.
evening. This is a song that came to me kind of in the form of a prayer, so if you enter in prayerfully to this song, that's the spirit behind it, just a surrender. I am nothing but an empty shell of a man. I have nothing, no gift I can bring. I want nothing, no desires for lofty life goals, but to live. In your presence, O King For you are something that satisfies The thirst in the soul You are something that makes my heart sing You are someone I desire greatest gain I could know fill this nothing with your something is my goal for you are the prize my heart's striving for and you paid the price only you I've nothing to give, but you opened the door. This life I can't live anymore. I lay down my life to live yours. I have no way to see 
know where I can go, no step I can take and be sure. Jesus, guide me in your way and show me what's right. Dwell in me and where you lead, Lord, I'll go. For you are the light my heart's searching for, and you I'm weak and I'm blind Through this darkness can fall I have no light I need yours For you are the light And I'm yours Empty and broken my life I surrender now Lord and I receive your token and I see your blood on And this life I can't live anymore I lay down my life to live yours I lay down my life to live you stand with me menacing because he lives take a few minutes and just worship the Lord amen because he lives I can face tomorrow because he
verse 11. I greet you tonight again in the name of the Lord. What a privilege it is for us to be gathered here in this, in this place, in his presence. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, we'll read down through verses 13. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the word high actually is heavenly. Spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You see, those who just come to the Lord Jesus and they never go any farther than the cross, I feel sorry for them. Brother Jason preached it at our church several years ago about the cross and what a great opening that the cross was to eternity. But the cross was not the end of it. The cross was actually the beginning. That's right. I'm glad the message of the hour has helped us to see that. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. In the evil day. I want you to notice the way Paul writes it. as if though that it wasn't even in his time yet. But there was coming a time when it was going to be so evil and having done all to stand. Let's pray together. Truly, Heavenly Father, that is our desire. We know, Lord, it's not just what we've done 10 years ago. It's not how faithful we were 20 years ago. But we want to be faithful to the very end, Lord God. For we know many of those which were brought out of the land of Egypt, the Bible tells us, you later destroyed them. So we know, Father, that redemption has two parts, coming out of and going into. Many people, as the prophet tells us, and how can overcome, they left the world. They left many things of the world. And he said, so did Lot's wife. I've always thought it a marvel in reading Luke 17 that after you spoke about the coming of the Son of Man and the great sign that would be revealed in the last day, then you say these words, remember Lot's wife. So after the Son of Man is going to be revealed, then that's when we're supposed to remember Lot's wife. I find it amazing, Lord. You never told us to remember Sarah. You never told us to remember Rebecca, Rachel, Rahab, many of the great women of the Bible. But you told us to remember Lot's wife. So it shows that there will be people that will come out under the revealing of the Son of Man and they will turn back. But we believe there's a people here tonight, they're not going back. They're going on. We remember her and we remember we don't want nothing to do with her. We don't want nothing to do with Sodom. We know there's a great difference between a pillar of salt and a pillar of fire. And that's what we're following tonight. Speak to us from your word, Father, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 
Paul encourages them to <clears throat> fight like real soldiers of God, put on the whole armor of God that they might be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Amen. The word wiles actually means, let me read this to you, that which is traced out with method, that which is traced out with method, that which is well laid. So it is a strategy. It is something that is well thought, something that is planned very well. It pertains to art and skill, cunning, cunning devices, attempts to delude or destroy. So the thing Paul wanted the believers in this age to be able to comprehend as well as for us today, of course, was that Satan is not necessarily going to have an open warfare. Think of it. Most of us have never even seen a devil. Any of y'all ever seen a demon? You ever seen one? Well, I have. I hope you never have to. I don't mind telling you. But that's not normally the way Satan fights. Satan fights covertly. He fights in ambush. He fights in the form of snares and traps. He's too afraid, actually, to meet you face to face. Satan was the original and true terrorist. Now, we've been hearing a lot about terror. We heard a lot about that too, didn't we? <laughs> that devil, boy, boy. He's going to get his hide burn again tonight. <clears throat> so Satan doesn't really carry out open warfare and just come right up against you and get his weapons and hit you and stomp you. and Oh, no, no. He's much more cunning than that. As I said, he's the original terrorist, so he likes to lay his booby traps and his snares and all those sort of things to be able to meet the Christian soldier. So he advances covertly. He comes in sneaking. Now, you don't have to raise your hand to this, but I wonder how many of us tonight would be honest and say some of the biggest mistakes you ever made as a Christian was a snare that was laid before you. And you had no plan on becoming involved in this or that or the other, whatever it was. And yet it was just like it appeared and you walked right into it. The next thing you know, you're found in the middle of something and you say, how in the world did I get in this type of a place? Yeah. Well, this is his specialty. And this is the type of warfare that he carries out against the child of God. But yet the Bible tells us that we are not ignorant concerning Satan's devices or his ways. Now, as I mentioned to you last night that God has an intelligence, and we know in warfare that intelligence is a very important thing. And according to what I've been able to read down through the years, Israel has some of the best intelligence in the world. As a matter of fact, America and Israel, they share intelligence. And uh, Israel has, you know, the Shenbet, and they have the different ones. It was there a couple of years ago with, on a tour with Brother Mike Walls. And our guide, 
actually worked with the Mossad. Any of you that know the Mossad, you know that the Mossad is part of the secret service. So one day on our tour, we got a couple hour delay. Well, we didn't know exactly what it was, but we just waited till he got back. Whenever he got back, he kind of included us in that they had actually sneaked into Iran and took him some secret documents right out from under their noses. And he had to have an update because he's one of them upper guys in the Mossad. So their intelligence is very, very good. But yet, when it would come to this type of a battle, it's easy to see Israel don't have a clue what's going on right now, spiritually. But yet God, I believe God, has some agents that are trained with divine intelligence. Now, I'm gonna share something with you tonight that I've never told any other group of people. I am an agent for the CIA. I am also an agent for the FBI. The CIA that I work for is Christ Intelligence Agency. The FBI that I work for is the firstborn intelligence agency. Well, your pastor works for the same one. So. Some of these other brothers you do as well. Now, you know what God wants to do is actually give us a little bit of his divine intelligence that will help us to be a better warrior, a better soldier in the battle that we're in. Isn't that what we want? If you don't believe that, listen to Satan's Eden, 1965, and Brother Branham right in the introduction of that sermon, Brother Branham will tell you, he said he thought about, he'd heard Brother Neville preach, and he thought about what he would bring that night in such a blessing here, Brother Neville, he said, and he said he wanted to bring something that'd be a blessing to the people. So he thought, what could I bring that would help you to be a better soldier? And he said, bring something to you that would help you to keep the punches off of you as much as possible. Wow, wouldn't that be good? To be able to keep the punches. So what is that? That is God enlightening us with a little bit of divine intelligence to be able to help us to be a better soldier, whether we're men, women, boys, or girls, and what we are in. And the Lord wants us to be able to contend. Now, we know that he's not going to eliminate all of our battles, all of our trials, all of our tests, but what he does want us to do is to equip us in such a way that we can be able to shed off as many of Satan's darts as possible. As a pastor, I believe in repentance. I believe in the mercy of God, the grace of God. I'm grateful that God is there to forgive us when we do wrong. But I believe that we can live in such a way. The Holy Ghost will not only help us and forgive us when we're wrong, he will help us bypass and go around many of the pitfalls that Satan lays before us. I don't want to just be a Christian that is all the time repenting and repenting and repenting and repenting. I want to be the type of Christian that absolutely goes around something that the devil does. Instead of repenting, I'm praising. Instead of saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Sure, I've had to say I'm sorry a lot, but I want to go on and become a better Christian where I don't spend so much of my time saying I'm sorry, but I'm grateful. I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful. You led me right around that. You showed me and I went right. Isn't that what we want tonight? 
Now, it's wonderful to know God in the way of repentance, but I really believe God wants us to know him also in a way of divine intelligence, that he helps us by his own spirit and he leads us in such a way and it totally dumbfounds the devil. And Satan will may lay a trap for you for weeks or months at a time. And the Spirit of God, the very day the devil is ready to spring that trap on you, the Spirit of God leads you right around that thing. And them devils go back down in hell. I mean, they're crying. They're all tore up. They don't know what in the world to do. They put forth all this effort and they've done all of this stuff. And you know what? You're supposed to go down that way because methodically they timed you. They watched you. You repeat this over and over again but that day the spirit of God led you another way and the devil was there waiting and you didn't show up hallelujah well you see I believe that's what the message of the hour does I I don't think that the message of the hour just gives us a bunch of quotes I don't think the message just makes us smarter than the average denominational person I think it makes us more like the Lord Jesus I don't believe the Lord Jesus spent all of his life I'm sorry father I'm sorry father I'm sorry father as a matter of fact I don't find no place he ever said that now I don't expect to be like him no I know I'm a human but I do think the closer I get to him, the more he will reveal to me Satan's tactics and I'm better able to understand the enemy that I'm dealing with. And the church said. Now you see what Satan will do then is try to bring us into a spot to where that we fall into it over and over again. Now he studies every one of us our makeup. He knows the sign. I hope you don't think I'm crazy now tonight. But Satan knows the star you're born under. Now absolutely when you were born the stars were placed in heaven in a certain place. And the prophet said well you said that's crazy. No it's not. God's prophet said in 1964 you were born under a certain sign a certain star and he said that has something to do with you. That sets what he called was your birth pass. Now a person come to him asking him about the Holy Ghost. Now Brother Ram said what I'd done was I went and seen the sign that person was born under and I seen the birth pass and that put them under a cross which put them under a four. Now don't ask me what that means because I don't have a clue but I know he did. So, but I know that those things do affect us, so Satan will watch us. Now you can, you know it yourself, that you go through certain cycles and there's certain strains that come in certain families. And it's like that some people don't reach the, uh, that, uh, that effect of a certain strain in their family until they hit their 20s or their 30s or their 40s and you'll watch them. They'll be doing good for ever so long then all of a sudden they reach in that certain spot and it's like something just grabs a hold of them and they change and you think what in the world happened to them and it's a natural strain don't look at me so funny I'm just quoting what he said he said there's strains that runs in families oh you say but we got the Holy Ghost but your old stinking flesh ain't got it and my old stinking flesh ain't got it neither and that's why the Holy Ghost in the soul wants to bring our flesh in subjection to the spirit of God Is that right? Now you see, Satan knows all this about humanity. And remember, he's been fighting these human battles for 6,000 years. I'm only 66 years old. How in the world would I ever be able to meet an enemy which has been fighting and defeating humanity for six millennia long? 
How could you as a young man, a young woman, ever meet such a foe like this? This is the one who caused Moses to lose his temper and be kept out of the promised land. This is the one that actually betrayed or deceived, I should say, Joshua for a little bit concerning the men of Gibeah whenever they showed up in old garments and, and they looked like they was from a far country and they was actually just right over the hill. And yet Joshua, the mighty general, the devil was able to deceive that man and make a covenant with him. Should I go on? This is the same one that deceived Samson. This is the same one that Jeremiah, whenever he said, I'll speak no more in the name of the Lord. So who are we to be able to meet such an enemy? I'll tell you who we are. We are New Testament. Holy Ghost filled children of God that on our own we are absolute complete failures but with him inside of us we are more than all the demons out of hell. All of them joined together they better take note because there is an army of the living God that are not survivors but they are more than conquerors. Now you see the Christian warfare is against this struggle of strategies and wiles. Now, let us go back again a little bit, if you don't mind, and look at our enemy and get a little bit clearer view of who he is. The prophet says it this way, did you know in heaven that the devil was God's right-hand man in the beginning? Lucifer, the son of the morning, was given power, and the reason that he brought sin into the world, he was able to take something that God had created and pervert it back into an evil thing. Now remember, Satan is not a creator. He was everything that God was except for that. So he cannot create his own angels. He cannot create his own church. He cannot create all of these things, so he must take what God has done and pervert it to his own purpose. Again, he says, oh my. Notice this, what started all this trouble in the beginning. God, back before the foundation of the world was ever laid, seen what Satan done. In his pride, he went over in the north and set up a kingdom. I don't know if you've ever looked at it or not, but it's amazing when you study directionally about the north and what the north is. It was the north side of the tabernacle whenever they built the tabernacle and they wrapped it and they would have overlapping part of those skins. It was on the north side that the overlapping was laid. Now that word is also used as a flank or the extremity or it was as the displaying the female part. And it was that part by which the presence of God would enter into the holiest of holies so they would wrap that around and this was what Satan want. I want God's church. I want God's property. You know as well as I do. Any of you that God has ever shown you his divine favor and Satan has been watching you since you were a child. He does not have a microscope or a pair of binoculars where he can look down in your soul and see if there's a seed or not. But what he watches is God's love Love, God's protection, God's mercy, and God's divine grace towards certain individuals. He's watched that for millennium now, and he's able to tell by that that God has something special for that one, that one, that one, or that one. Are you hearing me? But not because of our flesh, not because of our natural birth, but he watches what the Spirit of God does for you. Maybe God spared you when you was a child, you should have died. You was in an accident, you should have been killed but 
you didn't. Something miraculously spared your life. That's a great, great thing, is it not? But it was also a footnote made down at hell. Watch her. Watch him. Watch this, watch that. Now before you might just been a normal baby, a normal child, but supernaturally something by divine sovereignty stepped in and kept you when all odds were against you. Then Satan must learn how to watch those people because he's seen them, how that God did it with David, God did it with Daniel, God did it with Jeremiah over and over again. Now watch, the prophet says that in this pride, he went over in the north and set up a kingdom. Now watch what he done. So while he's still in heaven, remember he hasn't been kicked out yet, and Brother Jason was talking about it today, and he was talking about how that Satan must have started preaching there to the angels, and more than likely didn't just start out, and I'll tell you God's a mean God, and God's a bad God, and God's this and that and the other, but maybe, you know, we don't even know how long that this took. It might have been one meeting, as it were, after another. And these angels started coming and hearing the devil preach. He might not have got up and said, I'll tell you one thing, I'm leading a revolt tonight. We're to work go absolutely tired of standing against God. We want to do it. It might have been one little thing after another little thing after another little thing. Now, notice the prophet said that he set up this kingdom and he fought against Michael and his angels. Notice, next paragraph. The right-hand man of almighty God was Lucifer, the son of the morning. The first, God granted him almost co-workers with him. He was a co-worker, partly equal with him. Only Satan could not create. God is the only creator, but Satan took something that God created and perverted it back. So he was a co-worker with God, God's right-hand man. If God wanted to talk with any of the angelic beings, he fellowshiped with Lucifer. Oh, my goodness. Notice again, question answer, Satan was the original archangel of God. He once dwelt in heaven. Now listen. He once was the greatest person in the heavens outside of God. So here's God and here's Lucifer. The next greatest person in heaven. He was God's right-hand man to fellowship. My goodness. And he got puffed up in his heart. Now, notice again in in this same one, paragraph 73. So Lucifer is on the earth today trying to work in the church to accomplish the same purpose that he started before the foundation of the world. Now, remember the angels fell before the foundation of the world was ever laid. The earth wasn't even formed yet. Oh no. Lucifer in heaven tried to exalt himself and even be just a little higher than his boss. You see, this is why God hates rebellion. This is why God hates rebellion. 
when people rebel against God's divine order or God's divine protocol. God hates it. Why? Here he is the originator of it. So whenever children rebel against their parents, they don't understand. And we're living in the age to where rebellion is what is absolutely pushed and flaunted in this day. Our government wanting to allow our children to have these operations on them that will change them from boys and girls and this and that, even without the parents' consent. You've got to be kidding me. I, I, I thought this was America, not red China. I thought this was America, not communism or Russia or something like that. And yet, look what they want to do. What is it? It is the defiance of divine order. And Satan tries to do the same thing right inside the message of the hour to where God has called men that are called of God. And what does the devil do? Try to come right back around and say, oh, we don't need preachers no more. We can just stay home. We don't have to listen to no old sorry preacher tell us what to do. You know where that comes from? It comes right from the pits of hell. It is not the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham never taught any such thing. It is antichrist in principle. Well, I guess I might have to preach an amen myself too. <laughs> now notice, so he wanted to be a little bit higher than his boss and he betrayed Michael. So Satan then moves out of this position. Being second was not enough. He had to be first or nothing. So when he moves from his position, he betrayed Michael. When Eve moved from her position to becoming the head of the home, she betrayed her husband. When the serpent moved from his position, now if you watch, when God brought the creation on the earth, the serpent mirrored what Lucifer mirrored in heaven. So here was Lucifer being God's right-hand man to fellowship, and the serpent was Adam's right-hand man to fellowship in the Garden of Eden. So he didn't go to the lowest part of the creation, but right next to God. I hope you're gonna listen to me tonight. I'll tell you, friends, the anointed ones at the end time and our twin will not be a Baptist. Now, come on, every revival has produced a set of twins. You know what our twin's gonna do? They're gonna quote the prophet. Well, here we go. They're not gonna stand up and quote Billy Graham. You know, some of these guys, a smiley preacher from down in Houston, they're not gonna stand up and quote this and that and the other of a denomination of what what is our trend gonna look like? They're gonna look like a message preacher. They're gonna look like message people. Well, I'm sorry, but that's exactly what your twin is gonna look like. But it does not change the reality of God's word. Oh my. Now what's, what Satan did was able to preach to these angels. And whenever he did that, then the Bible writes about them in the book of Jude. And it says that they left their first estate. Now naturally when we think about estate, we would think about a piece of property and you know, maybe whatever your idea of, of an estate would be down here. I suppose seagrass about that tall, tarpons, uh, crocodiles, oh y'all got alligators, that's right. Alligators, um, let me see, sand gnats and uh, you know a big old, uh, big white fence all around this beautiful, beautiful marsh and, uh, and that's your idea of an estate. Well, not me. 
<laughs> Not me. No, I'm a Kentucky boy, so my idea of an estate, Brother Jason, might be something like that on the Versailles Road as you go out, which is Route 60 out of Lexington. And as you would leave from the Bluegrass Airport there, and you would keep going toward Versailles, and you start seeing these white fences with all them thoroughbreds. And you'd see all them beautiful rolling hills. And then you go out about four miles out from the Pentecostal church I used to preach out there, and you'll see this castle setting up on a hill. This castle was actually a rich man, a multimillionaire, which married a very young woman. And this young woman's dream home was a castle. So he built her a castle setting up on a hill. It has a moat around it. It has a bridge. It has all kinds of things. As you keep going, you see these great big old beautiful barns where Secretariat come from and where all these fine racehorses and many of them barns they keep them in is nicer than the homes that you and I live in. I know because I've had a brother-in-law that used to work there. So in my idea, you know, that would be an estate. My great big rolling beautiful place but that was not what the angels had but the angels did have an estate something that God allocated to them in his great mercy in order to give them a charge in his domain. Now remember the primeval order uh, that you and I know about in Genesis is very, very vague. I mean, oh, that it looks like there's two stages of the earth, so maybe we'll get into it in the morning. But in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the waters, and God said, let there be light and there was light. Now we know that word the light is ore, which means it come into existence and the prophet tells us in the seal book when that word is quoted, let there be light that God was not actually creating the sun, the moon and the stars but they were already in existence. But something had happened on the earth and through the earth into this darkness. So when we see the earth appear there in chapter two, it is not in its original condition. But some Something had happened on the earth. What was it? It's the same being right here. He come down and walked on this earth when God was creating it when it was in its volcanic state. Now don't sit there and look at me funny because I got the quotes right in front of me. I'll read them to you. So there was a war that went on. So God disposes of this enemy. He loses this position as far as being the cherubim. Then the angels come down with him. They were kicked out of heaven. The prophet mentions about this as far as a hierarchy in Christ and mystery. He said, speaking about the devil, he's building an intellectual kingdom that will outshine Christ's little bitty flock. Uh, see, what did he did that? With fallen angels. The Bible said it was fallen angels who listened to Lucifer instead of Christ who they once belonged to. It ain't no wonder when people walk away from this word, they become worse than they were before they ever got saved. Look at many of them. Oh, they may not initial when they do it. The devil knows better than that. But look at how they go to letting go of this and letting go of that. Look at their attitude, first of all. Look at how they go to living. Look at how they go to crucifying everybody that don't believe what they've got to say. Well, it's the truth, isn't it? Notice again, he says, now listen, fallen angels. What kind of angels? Oh, dear God. Luther, Wesley, Catholic, Pentecostals who kept not the first estate. 
Do you understand one of the instruments that Satan is going to use and has used for decades in this message to cause such chaos? Fallen angels has crept in among us. Men anointed with fallen angels' spirits. How does Lord Jesus who kept not their first estate like the angels did, has fell into organization like Lucifer's main hole at Nicaea. Wesley was a man of God. But what followed him? Fallen angels got into it. So it was a move of God at one time. Is that right? A move of God. Wesleyanism was a genuine move of God in the earth. And before they could proclamate that message, fallen angels come in it and took preachers or laity or whoever more and they begin to use them under the name of Wesleyanism or Methodism and it began to take an agenda. Who was it? Oh, Lord, children, it was the same devil that preached his gospel of science and education to Eve in the Garden of Eden. Oh, my. What was the angels first? He said, created beings of God. But they fell for Lucifer's wisdom, for Lucifer's wisdom. And you see what they become? Fallen angels. And organizations from men of God. Lucifer never started an organization. Well, she never started one. Brother Branham certainly didn't start one. But we sure got them around us. And whether you like it or not, you might as well say amen. This message itself will never make an organization. No, sir. But the prophet never said the spirit of organization wouldn't come around us. We've had them for years and years. We've got all kinds of camps and all types of titles. Well, what do you believe about the thunders and what do you believe about how many souls you got? I could go on and on. You've heard them. You've been around some of you longer than I have. And it's the same spirit of organization to try to divide us, to try to separate us where we won't even fellowship with one another, won't even shake hands hardly with one another. What is it? Fallen angels. Angels, fallen angels, men that got under the influence of demons out of hell and they begin to say, well, the prophet said, the prophet said, the prophet said. Oh, goodness. Notice this. There's only one way provided by God. He says, Lucifer at the beginning wanted to build himself a kingdom which is greater and more beautiful than Michael's kingdom, Christ. That was his ambition, to achieve something like that. And what did he get to do it by? He took fallen angels who had lost their first estate. He took that to do it with. He's doing it with fallen angels, fallen Lutherans, fallen Methodists, fallen Pentecostals. Oh, you'd like it much better, I guess, if I stopped there, huh? Well, let me update it and bring it on up to you. Fallen message preachers. Message preachers that stood in the pulpit and declared this message was the truth for years and years. And where are some of them tonight blasting the same prophet of God they stood for? Blasting the same message they say they believe. God have mercy on us. May God help us that we don't turn our backs on this truth. Notice as he goes on to say, Lucifer is achieving today by man with those spirits 
in them. Lord God, we're going to be under the influence of one of two kings. There's only really two powers in the earth today. Two kings, both of them wanting dominance. King Jesus and King Devil. Lord God, keep me, Lord Jesus. Notice this, God of this evil age. It was Satan's ambition to be worshiped like God. He took two-thirds, two-thirds of the stars of heaven, ascended himself. Notice his way is always up, going up, going up. He's got to be above everything, above everybody, so he can look down on them. Ascended himself above those stars and preached. The devil preached? and deceived two-thirds of them. Now, can you imagine angels of God that never lied? Angels of God that never said one bad word in their life. They never smoked. They never committed. Never done anything wrong in their life. And they stood there, sat there, whatever it was that we said last night. And whatever it was that he said, you're talking about a deceiver. And them angels sat there and they heard that and they thought, this is true. This is true. In the millennium, He will be bound for a thousand years. At the end of the millennium, he will be loosed out of his prison. People will have lived in the millennium for a thousand years. Think of it. People in natural bodies, not saints, not elect, but people in natural bodies will live there for a thousand years. They've been made to come to the house of God. If they didn't come to church, We as the sons of God said just because of that you don't get no rain on your garden. Is that what the Bible says? They're supposed to come up to the Feast of Tabernacles. Then that whenever the thousand years are expired, he will be loosed out of his prison for a season. He will go about on the earth deceiving them. They have just lived a thousand years. They have lived on the earth with glorified saints in immortal bodies. They watched you as you'd be standing there talking to them and they'd watch you disappear because Father sent you over there on the other side of the earth somewhere. They watched the Lord Jesus. They watched the great healing come upon the earth. They saw the earth changed by the power of God and at the end of that thousand years, the devil will raise up out of his prison and go about and deceive millions of them. They will be so deceived, they will come up against the holy city. Can you imagine? They will be so deceived. They say, I hate Jesus. I hate him. I hate Jason. I hate Donnie. I hate them saints. That shouldn't be too hard for us to grasp. People do it today. Notice this. The prophet said, Notice his ambition. He preached God of this evil age, that kind of a scientific, social, educated, progressive gospel. Wow. You mean the devil has a gospel? What's the word gospel mean? Good news. Well, friends, we are living in a progressive gospel age. Aren't we? When everybody's going to heaven. 
all the trans people, all the boys loving boys, girls loving girls, everybody smoking, drinking, running around, doing whatever. I don't care how they live, but boy, whenever they die, it's like the holy angels from God come down out of heaven and pack their souls away. Holy angels wouldn't touch their hide. Holy angels, put their hands on some of them sorry, rotten whoremongers and liars and drunks and everything else. If you ever walk down the streets of gold, you're gonna live a life that reflects the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. God is not hard up that God has to accept every liar, every adulterer, every whoremonger into his kingdom. Straight is the way and never is the gate that leads to eternal life. You can see why as it gets closer and closer, Satan hates us more than ever before. Who knows how much longer we'll be able to use YouTube. Who knows how much longer we've done been flagged. Uh-huh. I'd be surprised if you ain't. We've done been flagged by them. Well, brother, now what you gonna do? Keep preaching the same thing, of course. Well, what if they kick you off? They kick me off, I'll be obedient. What, 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 now, Brother Donnie, you've got to use wisdom. I call that compromising. When I have to quit preaching against sin, I'll come off the internet. When I have to quit preaching against sin, I'll come off of YouTube. Well, come on, because if I don't, I won't leave this world in a rapture. Mm-hmm. Notice this in Satan's Eden. The God of this world today, the worshiped person, of this world today is Satan. Listen how it's come about. And the people are ignorant of worshiping Satan, but it's Satan impersonating himself as the church. So he impersonates himself as the church. See, as the church, and they worship Satan thinking they are worshiping God through the church. But it's the way that Satan is in. Oh, you say, but wait a minute. We preach the word. Look back here at my text tonight. Satan was the one that preached the word. Lord, children. And what word was he preaching? He was quoting the message of her day, selectively quoting it. He didn't jump over and get Noah's message. He didn't jump back there and say, now in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. He didn't jump back her 500 years or a thousand years, but what did he do? He caught the word of her day and said, yea, as God said. But I want you to notice how he addresses her. You see, the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, Chapter one, God, God, God. But when God creates a son, then he reveals himself in his first compound family name. Lord God, Jehovah with his children. Jehovah Adonai. Jehovah Elohim, the first compound revealing of his name, the Lord God. But when the devil come to Eve, I want you to notice where he reverted back to. Yea, hath God said? So take her back to an impersonal God. A God that doesn't really love you. A God that doesn't really care for you. Brother, he's got you defeated right there if he makes you believe that. 
Notice that would have not had one bit of effect on her until she took his words into her mind. And in the womb of her heart, she conceived and then she sent him right back out and said, yay, God. He knew right there he had her. He had already changed her view of Papa God. He was no longer this loving, wonderful father, but he projected God to her that he was a mean, cruel being that was trying to keep something from her. Very impersonal, very uncaring. And as soon as she said it, then she turns right back around and said, well, God, not Lord God, Instead of saying, Satan, you're a liar. My father told me not to do this. My father told me not to do that. But what does she do? She reshapes in her mind this image of this God by that one little statement. God's been cruel to you young ladies to make you wear long hair, wear dresses. Why, it's so cruel for you all not to be able to smoke cigarettes. I disagree. I think it's cruel to smoke them. Oh, y'all's young people's being kept from so much. They are all types of sexual transmitted diseases. They're being kept from being pregnant before they're married. They're being kept from a lot of this and that and the other. Don't you sit there and look at me and tell me that we're robbing our young kids. We're trying to keep our young kids so when they walk before the preacher and they get married to that boy or that girl, amen, that they'll be able to raise that veil and kiss for the first time. Come on, somebody. They'll be able to look at one another and they, they didn't give everything they had because they dressed like a street prostitute and they left nothing to the imagination, but they reserve their self for their husband. Come on, young people. They reserve their self for their wife. They didn't go out there and live like a bunch of pigs and then come and say, well, I want a daughter of God. No, we want our daughters to marry sons. We want our sons to marry daughters of God. I don't think our boys have to go out to the Baptist church and find them a wife. Well, I'm gonna preach right now. I don't think our sisters have to go out to the Episcopalian church to find them a good man. You need to find them right in the ranks of the word. Get you a son of God that believes the word. A son of God that'll guide you. A son of God that'll raise your children in the house of the Lord. But Satan preaches his gospel. Oh, God is love. Oh, we just all love everything and love everybody. What script are you on? People have got more scripts than they've got scriptures in this day we're living in, don't they? <laughs> no pun intended, Brother Andrew. You see, Paul, in using this in Ephesians 6.12, let's go to the scripture there, brothers, if you don't mind. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Paul uses a Greek athletic term, wrestle. The meaning is a contest between two and which each endeavors to throw 
the other. And which is decided when the victor is able to press and hold down his prostrate antagonist, namely hold him down with his hand on his neck. What a word to choose to describe your walk as a Christian. The loser in a Greek wrestling contest. Lord children, can't you see the penalty? Can't you see the penalty? If we lose this match, we go blind. Can't you see what's happening to people? When the devil pins him down for so long, then what does he do? Like Samson. Remember before Samson ever lost his sight naturally, he lost his spiritually. The loser in the Greek wrestling contest had his eyes gouged out with resulting blindness for the rest of his days. Can you imagine the Ephesian church now when they read this epistle from Paul to them with that culture? It meant a lot more than it does to us and our Western culture. But you imagine how it must have gripped their hearts and they said, oh my God, help me. Help me. If he knocks me down, Lord, don't let me stay. Oh, have you ever been knocked down, Brother Donnie? I sure have. I've been knocked down many a time, but I ain't gonna stay there. I'm not gonna stay there. Let him put his hand on my neck for them to. I'm not gonna stay there. Let him win until he takes his fingers and poke out my eyes. And I don't know what's right, and I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's day, and I don't know what's night. If I fall, let me rise again. If I stumble, let me rise again. Somehow Satan has moved into a place in this age of Godship. Not just a prince, but the God of this world. Second Corinthians 4, 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Listen carefully now. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So look what Satan does to secure their obedience. He blinds them. My grandfather, my mother's father, was blind. Every time I'd go visit him and my grandmother, I always felt so sorry for him. And being just a little bitty guy, you know, I'd walk in, I'd look at him, I'd speak to him. He'd say, hello, Donnie. That kind of a gruff voice. He was very, very sensitive to hearing. You know, people without them senses sometimes are. And he'd be very, very sensitive. So I, I didn't feel comfortable playing. I didn't feel comfortable in moving about because his hearing was so acute. So I'd go in and just kind of sit there. 
And my grandma and mamma and papa, as I call them, they used to listen. <clears throat> they didn't have television, thank the Lord. <clears throat> but they used to listen to uh, Mull's singing convention. I see some of you nodding your heads and some of you are looking at me like I'm from another planet. You don't know what I'm even talking about, do you? Anybody know what Mull's singing convention is? But they say, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> well, it was gospel singing. And they'd come on every night. And they'd listen to it, and he would not want me moving. And I'd look at him, I'd look at him. Every time, every time I look at my hands like this, it reminds me of him because my hands are almost identical replicas of his hands. The way my thumb projects out in the little concave there. So every time I look at myself and I spread my hands this way, I can still remember taking my fingers and I'd look up at his eyes. Of course, he couldn't see me. I always thought how pitiful it was. He couldn't see the trees, couldn't see the flowers. I guess one thing that hurt me the most was he never saw me. All my whole life, he was blind. So he never saw me. And I think about people when Satan, in order to keep them, So my grandfather was totally dependent on others to lead him around. He couldn't go hardly from one room to another. Oh, sure, he had a cane and he'd go around, but he'd get turned around not knowing which way he was. Don't you understand why the darkness in the last day is prophesied to be so bad? Why? Because the sins of the nation, our nation has rejected God. And the prophet said he didn't even pray for him years ago. What about tonight? And we look all around us and the land, we know one of the last plagues to strike Egypt is what death. And the prophet says the last plague to strike the Pentecostal church is spiritual death. And they don't know what's right or wrong anymore. Everything is gray. Well, I don't know what's right, what's wrong, who's right, who's wrong, where do we go, what do we do? It's pitiful. And what makes it so pitiful is we got people sitting in the message out of the same way. They hear this preacher preach and they follow that. They hear this preacher preach, they follow that. What is it, oh God? It seems like somebody can no longer find out what's right or wrong. Which way do we go, what do we do? So he blinds them. And that way, they'll never be able to see the precious rays of the sunlight of God. There's a better way, really? And which way is that? You don't have to live this way, really, I don't. So he blinds them. So all they see is this this world that they're in. Do you understand, even those that are not elected nor ordained to life, if they ever saw the mercy of God, many of them whosoever will, they'd come by the multitudes. But Satan blinds them and keeps them in this prison. I'll tell you one thing, we ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth tonight. An evil, wicked ruler that puts out the eyes of his people before they can catch the splendor of this mighty prince and his glory. He takes away the reasoning of their soul, blinds them into this utter darkness. You see, as Eve gave him entrance into the human race, so his church has given him entrance into Godship. Now, please don't misunderstand me. Our Lord Jesus, to this very day, has never yet been crowned. 
<laughs> no, he's not. He is high priest. Is that right? You see, the rapture is him stepping aside from the office of high priest to become fully the crown king. And who will crown him? His bride will. So who has given Satan this position in the earth in the last day? His wife. His wife is crowning him king. You remember the song of Solomon whenever he was given a crown and he says he was given this crown by his mother. It was his mother, of course, Bathsheba, which had given him the crown of his nuptials. You remember there, of course, in speaking about Bathsheba, that she began to speak prophecy. I don't know if you ever noticed it or not. But Solomon, when he wrote about her, he said that she had prophesied or gave him some great words. And if you look at it, she warned him of the very thing that was gonna cause his falling away. Remember the prophet tells us that there were seven church ages in the Old Testament and seven in the New. And Solomon was the Ephesian age, the building of the house of God. And yet Bathsheba began to warn him. Quite an amazing thing for a woman who walked into the pages of the scripture and the first time we see her, she's beckoned into the palace under an act of adultery. And yet God transformed this woman's life and made her to where, amen, she not only married a king, a man who was after God's heart, but she became a woman after God's own heart. I don't know if you know it or not, but Proverbs 31, the one that we quote so much, of who can find a virtuous woman? It is written in the history books and the, the and rabbis and so on say that Proverbs 31 was written after and an epitome paid to the life and the influence of Bathsheba. A woman that we would look at that there'd be no hope and no mercy. A woman that seemingly went past the bounds of grace. But yet when you look and see what God done and take a woman in that type of a scenario and then God turns her life around and said who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Maybe some of you were women that were wrong and men that were wrong and the devil himself had gave up all hope on you. But the Lord Jesus got a hold of you and he called your name and he raised you up and he justified you and he sanctified you and he filled you with the Holy Ghost and tonight you sat here as part of the bride of Christ, a bride that is far above rubies, a bride that is worth more than all this world. Now let me get to my title. It's time to close. Last night I preached about a marvelous success. Tonight I want to title this from a success to a complete failure. Ezekiel 28, 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Look at the Hebrew word there. To hedge, fence about, shut in, screen, stop the approach. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. So, oh my, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Listen to this now. 
What's the prophet as he goes into this? Our bodies were on the earth before there was any life. We're made of 16 different elements of the earth as potash, calcium, petroleum, cosmic light, and so forth. Held together by atoms, 16 elements of the earth. And if that is so, which scientifically it's so, then our bodies were laying spread out on this earth before there was any type of life on the earth. So footprints means possession. So our bodies were laying on the earth, the substance to make them. Now, not our complete body, of course, you know, like it is now. But the substance to make our bodies was laying on the earth. Again, he says, potash, calcium, petroleum, cosmic light was at the creation. As the volcanic was thrown out, they tell us the earth and so forth, it was just burning brimstone. Now remember, from the soul of the earth. Oh, I can hear him saying question and answers on Genesis 1953. Let us all step up to the banister and let's see this story. And now I can see this. So Father God speaks the Logos, let there be light, and there was light. I can see a clinker as it comes off the sun, and it drops, 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 drops. This little white light goes over it, and he stops it. Then another one comes. What is it he said? He's writing his first Bible. So he said, the earth come out of the sun. Huh. And I'm sure you know it that if you go into the soul, you dig past the surface of the earth and past the core and you go into the very heart of the earth and what do you find where it came from? You find the core of the earth is identical to the sun. But you gotta get past all the rock and all the mud and all the dirt and well, if you take a good look at yourself, you'll find you're the same way. You get past all your faults and all your Reagan and all your Watkins and all your Smith and all this and that and the other, and what will you find down inside of there? You'll find a soul that come from God. So if we look deep enough, what do we see in the earth? We see not just where the earth is going, but where the earth come from. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the core of earth, remember the earth, has been through these changes over and over again, but she has this promise. You know that the Bible, oh, I love this. The Bible has the earth's name written in the book of life. Did you ever notice the Bible don't call Jupiter by name? Uranus, Saturn, Mars, Pluto, he said, why don't God just get rid of the earth? He can't. Her name is written in the book of life. And notice what God designated the earth as, a female. Her, she, her, she. She is one of God's attributes. Why God done got rid of me? He can't. Why God done got rid of you? I've caused him a lot of trouble. I've caused him a lot of difficulty. Why can't God get rid of you? Because you're one of his attributes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's one reason Satan hates you. Mm. So now watch the earth is spilling out of her soil, out of her soul rather. There was no Lowe's, Home Depot, and God needed building material to start on the earth. So God just from the soul of the earth, at the earth to go, 
And the earth started belching out. And the volcano. Calcium laying over here. Potash, petroleum, cosmic light, copper, phosphate, tin. All these things. What's God doing? Making his lumber yard. Pre-Home Depot days. Now remember the devil and his angels had done fail. You imagine now as they step, brother Andrew, wherever it is they're out there in the universe. We don't know exactly. Wherever they was in the universe. And they watched God as he started expanding his creation. Huh. I just read it day before yesterday. That right now in the known universe, what they've been able to see. They estimate there are 20, huh, 22 septillion stars. Anybody know what septillion means? 24 zeros. <laughs> and what was that problem you had that was so big? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But Satan saw God. And he sent all the rest of these stars and he thought, why is he taking particular, wow, we, we better look at this. I never seen him do that on all the rest of them. Do you know that in what's called the elliptical plane where we are placed in the milky white galaxy that the stars being visible, the zodiac, oh, you say, oh, Lord, have mercy, Brother Donnie. Don't tell me you're going there. You ain't read the book of Job? Do you know that God quoted to Job the Bible that Job read? And what was that Bible? The stars. God quoted and used the word Pleiades, which is the seven sisters. God quoted Arcturus. Is that right? Well, don't sit there and look at me funny because that was the Bible that Job read and God quoted the Bible that Job understood. And God put it right there. But God showed a special affection and a special love. Many years ago when our scientists went out and they got so far on their spacecraft and they turned their great big machine back around and when they did, they saw what? This tiny blue dot amazing grace and you imagine when Satan looked at it and said uh oh that's mine I want that the only place as far as we know where the hydrogen the oxygen the water the atmosphere is just right for life if we were just a few thousand light years closer to the sun, we'd be burned up. If it was very much farther out, we'd be so cold and frigid, we could never have light. But whoever it was that put us here, put us here for a purpose. Do you understand that where we are whenever the spaceships go out and look back and they start looking at the constellations, they don't even recognize nothing that we see from here? It's like whoever put us here wrote this story up here, but you gotta be right here to look up and read it. Oh, glory to God. No wonder the bride reads the word and to her it makes perfect sense. Others look at it and say, I don't know what he means. You gotta be at the right place. You gotta be at the right elliptical plane in order to look back. That's why God sent us a prophet. You remember when they sent Hubble out there several years ago and Hubble was kind of cross-eyed. 
You remember that? So they had to make some lenses like glasses and send it out there and put on Hubble. And once they did, then Hubble got all straightened out. <laughs> well, that's sort of the way we was. We was reading in the Bible and we was cross-eyed. We was reading about election and we, we turned like this. Look at it like that. And they turned upside down and said, well, well, I don't know. They said, one God, is it two or is it three? So God sent us a pair of Malachi 4 glasses. <laughs> he said, all right, bro, I'd slip these on. Oh, well, I see now. They ain't three, but they are one. They are one. They're three manifestations of the same God. It was burning brimstone. It was Satan's possession as he walked up and down the fiery brimstone of the earth. So when it's going through this volcanic stage, it's blowing and blowing and blowing and Satan's in there walking all over and said, I like it. I like it. I want it. I can tell he's showing special favor to this one. And anything he loves, I want. No, friends. Know this for sure. It's not because we're so special. It's because of the special grace of God. We're no better than the rest of humanity out here. You're no better than your family, your sisters, your mothers, your brothers. Some of you may be sitting here tonight and not another member of your family believes the word of the hour. God smiled upon you and gave you grace. Well, I must have prayed more. I must have fasted more. It ain't nothing one would want one good thing. Not one superior thing that you could do. It was the grace of God and the pattern fell right on you before the foundation of the world. Oh, let me find a place to close. Notice this, in that day on Calvary, for Satan had the earth. Oh my goodness. Satan had the earth, the very rocks that he walked up and down on the earth, burning brimstones. Lucifer was the sun of the morning. So when the sun, before the natural sun, rose on the earth, the sun of the morning, Lucifer, was walking on the earth in volcanic stage. He's breaking forth the day. <laughs> wow. Those same rocks that had cooled off when Jesus died at Calvary belched forth out of the earth. Wow. So the devil had made footprints apparently on some of them rocks and they'd been buried in time. And Jesus said, I'm gonna show who owns this place now. So he began to shake the air like a good Holy Ghost meat. Well, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me. Glory, glory. And them rocks go to shake. Well, come on, sir. Don't sit there and look at me like a bunch of dead stone. Them rocks go to shaking. So in Jesus, oh my, when he died, and the rocks got to shaking and got to moving around. I'll never forget it years and years ago. I'd taken my girls and we went down to a place called Sweetwater, Tennessee. Anybody know where that is? Sweetwater, Tennessee, that hidden lake down there thing. Anybody ever, ever seen that, that lost sea? We got down in there and one of them glass bottom boats and floating around, you know. Oh, my wife don't like them type of things at all. But we got down in there looking around. That guy was telling us, he said, well, these rocks are so many millions of years old and this and that didn't happen to him. But he said, right here is the most recent rock fall that we've been able to find to this day. And it happened about 2,000 years ago. 
<laughs> oh, glory to God. I said, amen. He looked at me really funny. He didn't know what I knew, but I knew exactly. I thought I know exactly what was going on. I began to look around for the devil's footprint because I thought it must be somewhere. It must be in your somewhere. Well, he had his footprint all over me and he had it all over you and the Holy Ghost got a hold to me and got a hold to you and broke that hold of the devil on our lives and said he don't belong to you no more. He belongs to me. She is mine. Can I have a few more minutes? Ezekiel 28, 15. Listen to this. Thou wast perfect. Whole, entire, Wholesome, unimpaired, innocent, having integrity. Wow. What is complete, entirely in accord with truth and fact. Now this is describing Lucifer before he become the devil. Perfect. Whole. He was in fact, he was right and tied in with truth and fact. It's hard to imagine that that become what we know today is the devil. Isn't it? So he was a perfect created being. As a matter of fact, he was the crowning achievement of God's great angelic realm. He was the capstone, as it were, of the angelic realm. Perfect, sinless. Wow, y'all are quiet. But listen to verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. Now, he was successful, but he will lose everything. He just had a famous trial here in your country. <laughs> Y'all know about it, huh? A great dynasty, I guess we'd say, of a family that goes back for many, many years and yeah, had all this wealth and this power and this and that and the other, wind up in prison. No telling what crime has been committed by people in such power. That is nothing compared to this. But this is what God said. I will, I will destroy thee. Now that may not make you happy, but that makes me feel like shout. Look at this word destroy, perish, vanish, be destroyed, be exterminated, do away with. I will destroy the old covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty 
Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. So he corrupted his wisdom because he looked at himself. He must have been something. My goodness. Oh, Lord, help us. I will cast thee to the ground. Now listen to this. I will lay thee before, uh uh-oh, kings. Well, now I just wonder, I just wonder who them kings is going to be. I wonder if it's some of them same ones in the book of Revelation where he says, thou hast made us kings and priests unto our God. Oh, you imagine them devils that have lied to you, that cancer devil that maybe some of you fought, that depression devil that you fought one of these days, God will make that depression devil walk right before you. God will make that cancer devil walk right before you. God will make that devil, and God said, I will lay you before kings. You thought you was a king, but you left me, but I'll lay you before kings that I have crowned myself. They stayed with me. They humbled themselves. I will cause you to bow before my sons. You said my sons would bow before you, but I will make you bow to my sons. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries. Dear Lord, sanctuaries? You mean the devil's got sanctuaries? Kodesh, sacred place, holy place. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Brother Kenny, I found this to be one of the most interesting words as I was looking at this today. The Hebrew words are used for traffic. I just thought, is that, is that true? Can that be true? But what it was, the traffic was him slandering God. He was slandering God to his angels and eventually talked them out of their position. So he was trafficking slander. He was trafficking all these, uh, you know, accusations against God. Lord, have mercy, children. Can you imagine when people go to trafficking lies against God's prophet and trafficking lies against the bride where they're getting their anointing from? By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. Satan's own burning desires will annihilate him. Let me warn you tonight. You better get that that lust, that passion, that desire, anything that pulls you away from the Lord Jesus. You better get that fire under control. 
You either destroy your enemy or your enemy will destroy you. Don't you get to thinking, oh, I can play with this porn. I can do that. No, I'm, I've got it. I've got it. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. Satan has already got you into a trap. Don't you let that fire of God. God will turn that very thing on you and it'll be the very thing that will destroy you. Put that devil under your feet and put your hand on his neck. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You old backslid Laodicea spirit, you ain't getting on me. You ain't stealing my joy. You ain't stealing my daughter. You ain't stealing my son. You ain't stealing my husband. Die, devil, die. Die, you devil of lukewarmness. Die, you devil. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we will not let the devil take our children. We're not leaving one behind. I will bring a four fire from the midst of thee and it shall devour thee. I will bring thee to ashes on the earth and the side of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. In the side of them that behold thee. Lord God, children. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror. Destruction, calamity, dreadful event. And listen at this. And never. Oh, I like telling him this and reminding him. When I'm shouting through the streets of glory through eternity, Never will you be anymore. <laughs> How many believes this is God's word? How many believes it'll come to pass? And never shalt thou be anymore. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee, and thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be anymore. Let me close with this. But out of this age, God will present to Christ Jesus a bride, a bride that will not fail like Eve did. Let me close reading this quote to you. What would God call a people out of this age for? His name. And the reason is to try her, his bride. When she's made manifest, been tried, been proven, proved to Satan. Like it was at the beginning, so shall it be at the end. We find now this evil age is to prove to Satan she is not like Eve. Can you imagine all this darkness, all this treachery, all this that's going out here in the world? It's to prove to the devil. Look, devil, I got a bride that even you can't take. Eve could not live right in perfection. I know that may stagger you for a minute, but think about it. Eve could not live right in a world where there was no cigarettes. There was no shopping malls. There was no line. There was nothing that we know now, and yet she couldn't live right in that place. And yet here you are, living right in the middle of hell. Oh, 
Hallelujah. You're not in paradise. You're not in the Garden of Eden. You're in Satan's Eden. Every way you look, it's him. It's his blindness. It's his sin. Oh, glory to God. And yet you overcome. You overcome. Day by day by day, we overcome. And if we fall and make a mistake, we get up and we repent. And we say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And you're still there living right in the middle of hell. In the middle of Satan's darkness. That's what all this is for. Is to prove to the devil, I've got a bride and I'll prove it to you. Listen. She is not like Eve. She is not that type of woman. Oh, old brother Job. He didn't know about that testimony meeting. God had a testimony meeting up his house one day. The devil was invited. So God got to testify. He said, I just ought to testify today. I want to testify about my servant down there, Job. The devil's taking notes, of course. I've got a man down there that loves me with all his heart. He's a perfect man. He eschews evil. He don't do this and do that and the other. Well, God's holding that big testimony meeting about Job. I mean, it's awesome when we have testimony meetings. It's really awesome when God has them. But of course, Job didn't hear all that. And the devil said, well, of course, he's your pet. You baby him around, you keep him from sickness, keep him from trouble. Sure, anybody can serve you like that. Poor old Job, he's down there just minding his own business, don't take care of his cattle and his camels and all that sort of thing. Job didn't know he was the subject of a great testimony meeting in heaven. I wonder sometimes, friend, if you and I have not been the subject of God, said, I'd like to testify today. I've got a daughter. Her name is Erica Parker. She's the mother of two sets of twin girls. She's been a good little girl. She gave her heart to me when she's just young. Preacher's girl. She's meaner than a snake before she got saved. Boy, she's a good one when she got saved. <laughs> I'd like to testify. She'll serve me. Even if I allow neuroendocrine tumor to get inside of her body. By the time the doctors find it, it'll be stage four. It will have metastasized. And to this very day, the doctors still don't know where it even started. This is only the baby that they're dealing with, they call it. Because they still don't know where the mother is. Well, I don't know where the mother is, and I ain't really that much concerned about the baby. What I know is, I know who our father is. And God said, her daddy is my servant. It'll break his heart. His wife is my daughter. Her sister is my daughter. Her husband, her two daughters. It'll affect people around the world. They'll cry, they'll pray for her. But I won't testify for it ever happens. When it's all said and done, they'll all be stronger. And they'll love me even more than they do now. I imagine the Lord must have had a similar testimony meeting not too awful long ago. And he said, I've got a daughter down there. Her name is Debbie. Debbie Watkins. Oh, she loves me. Her husband's my servant. 
but I'm going to allow her to go through something like she ain't never been through before. She'll go to doctors and they'll do tests and they'll do this and that and the other. But I'm going to testify for whatever happens. She's going to come out on the other side stronger than she's ever been before. Oh, Lord God. Is that what you want God to be able to say about you? Wouldn't it be awful if God had to say about us in heaven, I can't let nothing come on them. They're such a baby. They're so spoiled. I've got to keep them in a glass bubble. Uh, if they don't go to church in two or three services and don't feel me and run up and down the aisles, I think I ain't even been to church. I don't want God to say that about me. I ain't standing in line for trials. I'm the first one to tell you that tonight. But if he and his wisdom sends them my way, I know he'll bring me through them. I don't always know the outcome. I don't know how they'll end up. But I know no matter how they end up, he'll have his way in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when it's all said and done, this is where I want you to find my position. And I want that devil's tongue hung about that far out of his mouth. And him a begging and a carrying on and a hollering. Is that where you want him? Now listen, brother, sister, right here, men, women, boys, and girls, we can all stand right here on this same plateau. That's exactly where God wants every one of you to be as overcomers. He is a loser. You think he don't know these things? Now what if God had wrote just a few scriptures in the Bible and God would have said there will be a boy that will be born in July the 9th, 1956. His name will be Donald Lee Reagan Jr. I'll hate him. I'll never save him. I'll never do nothing with him. He's rotten to the core. I'll never give him no grace. Then it just so happened years later, I felt God pulling on my heart and somebody showed me that scripture in the Bible. God said, Donald Lee Reagan Jr. And I think, man, I feel sorry for that poor old guy. There must be two of us in the earth. <laughs> the devil reads all this. Don't you know he goes to church every weekend? He hears these message preachers. They tear his hide off. They blast him every time he goes to church. He's the most faithful member I've got. He don't pay tithes, but at least he shows up. Well, come on, he's more faithful than some of the people who call him a pastor. I tear him up every time I get a chance. I call him a liar to his face. I tell him he's going to be lost. I tell him he's going to be destroyed. He fights like a winner. He looks in the back of the book and sees he's going to be annihilated. We're preached to us all the time that we're the winners. We look in the back of the book and find out we're the winners and we act like we're the losers. And he looks in the back of the book and finds out that he's a looter and yet he acts like he's a winner. You know why? He's a bluff. He does not meet you with power. He meets you with bluff. Bluff. Let's bow He has a need to that. <sighs> Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that suicide spirit in this place tonight. You demon out of hell. In the name of Jesus. You that would try to discourage. You that would try to pull down even the preachers of this message.
I say to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, you are defeated. Hallelujah. Lord God, we bless your name, Father. Lord, may the Holy Ghost go among these people here, Lord. Not only those in the visible audience, but those that are streaming. May the presence of God go there in the living rooms, in the kitchens, in the cars, wherever they're streaming. Lord, maybe there's one who's at that spot where they're going to take their life. Lord God, would you deliver them now, Father? That one that feels like they can't go a step further. Encourage them, Lord. Bring healing. Bring peace of mind. Whatever your need is tonight, children. He's here. He's mindful. Oh, glory to God. Look at me. Raise your head just a moment. You think the Lord God knows your needs? He's mindful of you? About a year and a half ago, there was a man that I knew in Kentucky. Hadn't been around him in several years. Man had backslid, got away from the Lord. Hadn't been serving the Lord for quite some time. Had a wife, two kids. Told his wife, take the kids, go to her parents' house. Said he'd call her in a couple hours. He needs some time alone. He sits down at the kitchen table. He gets his revival, his revolver rather, his 44 mag. He writes a note, lays it on the kitchen table. Picks up the gun, sticks it in his mouth. Lays his cell phone over on his table. Before he pulls the trigger, his smartphone started playing a service of me preaching at Happy Valley, dealing with suicide. He hadn't listened to any preacher in years. But the Lord, in his mercy, must have controlled that smartphone. You imagine the Spirit of God pulling up a sermon. And right when he's fixing to pull the trigger, I start screaming out, you, you think you can't go no farther, but the Lord Jesus loves you. The Lord Jesus is concerned about you. He pulls the gun out of his mouth, lays it down on the table, gets down on his knees, and makes peace with God. Oh, I wish he'd do that for me tonight. He's speaking to you, he's got your number too. Oh, you may not be contemplating suicide tonight, Maybe it's a sickness in your body, a disease, whatever it is. He's passing by your way. Whatever your need is, reach out to him. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. Can we just raise our hands right now? Oh, glory. Let the angels of the Lord just pass amongst us right here tonight. You need healing? You need deliverance? Maybe you just need strength for the journey. Lord, I do. I ain't ashamed to say it. I need strength, Lord. I need courage like never before. Father, the preachers that be honest tonight would all say we fight discouraging times just like everybody else does, Lord. We need you, Lord. No wonder Satan fights the men of God like never before. He knows they pack the words of life. And if he can stop them, oh, Lord. But I pray you would anoint your men servants, Lord God. Anoint us like never before to speak the words of deliverance to your children. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Brother Matt, you got a song on your heart there. Can we just open our hearts tonight? Let Jesus pass you among us. You got a sickness, you got a disease, you got a weary, you got a trouble. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the mighty conqueror is walking up and down in this place. May tonight be the devil's night when he's gonna be defeated. Hallelujah. I receive it, Lord. I receive it, Lord God. Hallelujah. It's here. Whatever you have need of in your body, in your mind, oppression, weariness of spirit, it's here. Oh, yes, Lord. Healing is here. Oh. I believe it, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, worship Him, children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord God. We bless your name tonight, Father God. May the chains of hell be broken from around your children. Satan, in the name of Jesus, you've been exposed tonight. We see you as a weakling. As a coward, bow in the name of Jesus. We put our hand as it was around your throat and say you are defeated. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Where my help comes from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I worship you, Lord. I trust in you. Trust in you. Oh. 
surround me with a song 
little girl was lying there People all were weeping They just laughed at Jesus When he said she's only sleeping As he took her by the hand She began to live again Some began to praise the Lord Some began to say He's in the Used to be 
Lucifer destroyed in their life. Exterminate. Do away with. I want every influence of him in my life done away with. How's God going to do that? By his word. The very word you heard tonight, if you'll take it and believe it, it'll destroy the impact. It'll destroy every trace of the devil out of your life. You know, I was thinking to myself that Brother Donnie was talking about there at the very end and my goodness, how dreadful it would be. I thought to myself, if I was standing here and I was such a person that, that all God ever got out of me was just a belly aching and a complaining and and he had no confidence in me and he had to constantly pump me up and constantly pump me up and constantly give me another, you know, another, another meeting, another meeting, another, and, 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 and no, no virtue, no strength to, to be an overcomer, to press through trials. I just thought, you know, I want my heavenly father to be proud of me. And there's nothing wrong in that. You know, I, I my dad was that way. And you know, brother Eddie was not one to hide his pride in his children. And I can remember so many times that, you know, he would just, he was look at me and he was so proud and that smile, I can still see it in my mind's eye. He, he never held back praise. He, he never held back his pride. He always, always rewarded a job well done. You know, listen, friends, I don't have a clue I, I can't account for how you came into the world or what your dad did or didn't do, but I'm here to tell you there's a heavenly father who can be proud of you. A heavenly father, you say, I want him to be proud of me tonight and he'll smile right down on your life, right where you stand tonight. Now, how many want that kind of heavenly father? Oh my, I thought about how that, the, how that Lucifer, Brother Donnie made that statement. I think he was reading from that quote there. Lucifer betrayed Michael. He betrayed. Betrayal is a terrible thing. Because you had such confidence and you had such friendship and you, you had trust and you put yourself on the line and you, you went, you went, you, you pulled your weight and you got betrayed. And I thought to myself, I wonder if there are people in here tonight who've been betrayed by Lucifer the same way. How about it, young people? Maybe he told you all the fancy lies about what he would do for you and you'd have more friends and you'd have this, this life and that life and this would be better for you and this would be better. Maybe, maybe in a marriage somewhere in here tonight, he made you some false promise and now he, he's betrayed you and you say, I, I, I've been betrayed. Uh, all, the, all the promise that he made me is nothing but lies and my life is broken. Oh my, I'm gonna tell you something, friends. I thought about how that, how that you know, we're not to be like Eve because he, he betrayed Eve the same way. And I thought this to myself. I thought, I wonder if in this building tonight, if there's anybody who can relate and say, you know, I thought, I wonder if there's anybody in this building tonight that Lucifer maybe is just in the last stages of betrayal and he's got you on a string 
and you've sit in this building tonight and you've heard the word and you've heard enough word that you ought to have gone free from every influence of the devil. I'm here to tell you, he's a liar and he's a betrayer and he does, he does nothing. He, his only motive is to destroy and to kill. And I thought to myself, you know, Satan, he, he loves everything that God makes beautiful and he loves to ruin it. I want to tell you something, you young men, you young women in the beauty of life, Satan desires that. You hear that, teenagers. You, 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 you say, oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. Don't, don't imagine that he's not lurking. That betrayer is looking to take that beauty and it won't even take him very long and he'll steal it from you and he'll steal your joy and he'll steal your happiness and he'll steal your life if you let him. I, I say we don't let him. I say we call down the power of God. This, the word has exposed this betrayer. He's not your friend. He betrayed Michael. He betrayed Eve. He's betraying people. He's trying to betray people tonight. I just say, not me, not me. I'm not falling for that. Hallelujah. I got a father who loves me and I want that father to be proud of me. I want to have this same word. Bring me to the same kind of liberty that the great saints all down through the Bible, faith saints, I call them. How many want that tonight? Oh, why don't you bow your heads and raise your hand and let's pray a prayer all across this building. Father, in the name of Jesus, this great betrayer, Lord, who betrayed Michael in the beginning, who betrayed Eve in the garden, he's betrayed, uh, tried to betray your family all down through. Jesus himself was betrayed, oh God, by those who were supposed to care for him and love him. Father, I pray tonight that whoever might be under the sound of my voice in this building, this building and Satan maybe just has them in the he's just set the trap he's in the last stages they don't know it yet they think they're fine and they don't know he's just one or two more moves on the chessboard and he'll have them Oh, Lamb of God, send forth your word tonight. Let there be faith across this building. Let there be faith across these young people, these older people, married people, single people. Lord, let there be liberty in this place tonight that no one should have come to this place and having left and, and leave with the same bondage that they arrived with. Is there anybody in here tonight Say, preacher, how do you know me so well? I don't, but I got a father who does. Why don't you raise up a hand to him tonight and say, Lord, I want to be completely free. I want to live in the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Oh, raise up that hand to him. Say, Lord, I want to live where the eagles soar. I want to live in those heavenly spheres. A prophet said, whoever's willing to live up there in those high spheres with God. Those are the ones who will speak to a mountain. Those are the ones who will call forth great things. Oh, Lamb of God, grant it tonight. Oh, we thank you for this word that you've given us, Lord. And I pray that it will smash every influence of the enemy. Oh, smash every influence of the enemy. Lord, above, I, 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 there's nothing I want more than to have a life that's pleasing to you. Pleasing in the morning, pleasing throughout the day, pleasing into the night, 
pleasing through the night, pleasing the next morning, every day, all day, and every day coming. Lord, may you grant that to us tonight, how we thank you for the word we heard tonight, how we thank you for the spirit of liberty, how we thank you for the courage, Lord, of the people coming forward. I pray, Lord, for these, Father, who even linger still in prayer. Grant that great portion of yourself to them. Oh, Master, if, if people could realize that Satan really cannot stop God's family from being overcomers. They will overcome. They are overcoming. We have, we are, and we shall. We're pressing, Lord, with all of our might, this world, such a crazy world of insanity, such a world of darkness, but we're, we're still here, Lord, and we're still lifting up a hand in allegiance to you. We're saying we're pressing on, we're believing, oh God, and I don't wanna have any lingering influence of the enemy upon my life. Lord, I don't wanna have any influence of the enemy on my life. Can everybody say that to the Lord tonight? You mean it personally, write to him right now. Lord, I don't want to have any influence of the enemy on my life. God hears that. God sees that heart. God will respond to that, friends. You could, we already know, people can come into a meeting with all kinds of needs and everyone can leave with every single solitary need met. I just say, don't, 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 let, don't let that pass you by what God can do. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. It's been such a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful atmosphere. And I am absolutely convinced you came up for prayer. You were prayed over. You stood out of the audience. You raised a hand to God. You're believing tonight. I'm going to believe with you. Every need was met. Everything that was claimed. Everything that was asked. Because you know why? Because we, made, we said to our, ourselves, Brother Donnie and I, we were in the back room. We made a pact. We made a decision standing in the back room. Whatever the Lord wanted to do. We were just gonna come out and we were just gonna be servants. And we were gonna let the Lord move across and let the Lord, and I didn't know how what he was gonna do and he didn't know what he was gonna do. It was all left up to the Holy Spirit. How many glad you were here tonight to see the Holy Spirit in control of a service and, and moving out across the people and, and giving you the ability to believe him. Oh my goodness, what a privilege it has been to be here tonight. We're looking forward to service tomorrow. It'll be at 11 o'clock starting. There's no Sunday school classes scheduled for tomorrow, so service will start at 11. Praise the Lord, Brother Sammy, come on up here and get ready to dismiss us. Brother Samuel, come, my brother, and dismiss us in prayer. You love one another with a great love. Amen. Turn around and greet somebody standing near you. Say, God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless our streaming audience tonight, wherever you are, wherever you're streaming from. Praise the Lord. God bless you, brother. God bless you. So happy to have you and the saints here tonight. You can say a word and then dismiss us in prayer. God bless you. Dios les bendiga. Si se pueden sentar para que descansen. Let me take your seats so you may rest. Uh, es, un, es un privilegio para mí estar con ustedes. It's a privilege for me to be here with you. Muchos de ustedes me conocen. Many of you already know me. 
mi nombre es Samuel Nájera. Mi nombre es Samuel Nájera. No acostumbro hablar estas palabras. I'm not used to saying these types of words. Pero fue bueno estar en la casa del Señor. But it was good to be in the house of the Lord. Qué tremendo mensaje. What tremendous message was spoke today. Yes. Eso es lo que el hijo y la hija de Dios necesita. That's what the children of God need. Que sepa en qué lugar está. To know where they are. Amen. Amen. Nunca vayan a, a retroceder para atrás. Never go back. Never look back. Nunca. Never. Hoy escucharon la voz de Dios. Today you heard the voice of God. Bien, este, vamos a vamos a orar para despedirnos. So we're going to pray to be dismissed. Y mañana pues tenemos culto nosotros en, en nuestra iglesia. And tomorrow we also have our service in our church. De corazón quisiera estar acá. In our heart we would like to be here. Pero tengo mi responsabilidad. But I also have my responsibility. Pero siempre estamos con ustedes. But we are always with you. Incliden su rostro y vamos a orar. By your heads and we're going to pray. Amado y buen Padre celestial. Lord Heavenly Father. Te damos gracias, Señor. We give you thanks. Por todas las cosas que tú nos has dado. For all the things that you've given us, Lord. Hemos encontrado, Señor, que no hemos sido derrotados. We have found that we have not fallen yet. Te pedimos, Señor, que tú nos mantengas en nuestra posición. We ask that you maintain us in our position. Y que así cada uno de tus hijos. And that each one of your children permanezcan en su lugar stay in their place ayúdalos help them Lord ten cuidado de ellos protect them Lord Padre ahora estaremos saliendo de este lugar we will now be dismissing from this place mas nunca de tu presencia Señor but never from your presence Lord despídenos en paz por favor dismiss us in, in peace en el nombre del Señor Jesucristo lo pedimos in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we ask these things Amen Amen Dios les bendiga may the Lord bless you You'll remember that we uh, are serving our meal right out here on the side, just like last night. Stand back to your feet. God bless you, friends. We will uh, send you out in the name of the Lord Jesus and welcome you back tomorrow. So we'll be serving just like we did last night. Everybody's invited. Uh, God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You deserve the glory. And the honor, Lord, I lift my hands in worship as I lift your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor, Lord, I lift my hands in worship as I lift your holy name. For you are great, you do miracles so great, there's no one else like you, there is no one else like you, for you are great, you do miracles so great, there is no serve
Wrong. 